0: Grateful for the joy that we have in the Lord, and uh, we're going to open God's Word together today and look at that joy that we have in the Lord, and so I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles out and some way to take notes, do that at home as well, and um, maybe you want to take some pictures of the screen because uh, I believe God has a Word for us today, it's good to be back. I, I was back last week, but I know uh, last week's kind of a holiday weekend—the weekend after Thanksgiving—so I didn't get to <clears throat> say hi to everybody. So I want to say hi to everybody uh, this week. It's good to be back. I'm I'm working on a health plan with my doctor because I wasn't living the most healthy lifestyle, and I was getting sick all the time. And I don't want to get sick anymore. I want to—I know the Lord's my healer, but I also don't want to be dumb, you know, and uh, eat Culvers every day. So we're going to try to do better and. Uh, um, But I know that God is taking good care of me, he's taking good care of you, and uh, it is an honor and a privilege to open God's word together today. I do love this season because there is uh, joy at Christmas. I think a lot of the joy comes from the music, right? The Christmas carols. There's something about it, you know, uh, Leslie would start playing Christmas music in July if it was legal, and um, she... (laughs) And just, uh, yeah, just and there's just something about that Christmas music when it's on. You know, there's joy in your heart. In fact, uh, we have a channel this season that we have on even more than Hallmark, and that's this channel with, uh, it's got a fireplace going and it plays Christmas music 24 hours a day. So that's our go-to channel at home. And there are songs like Joy to the World, and just, you know, there's just, there's so much joy at Christmas, and we lit the joy candle today. Joy brings the light to our life, and um, man, our hearts long for joy, don't they? We're going to look at Luke chapter 2 today, and so if you have your Bibles, open to Luke chapter 2, and that is where you'll find the Christmas story. We're going to look at one verse together today, but if you ever want to read the Christmas story, it's in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be to all people. Good news of great joy. That's what Jesus' coming brings. It's good news of great joy. Have you thought about that? that? That God came to bring joy to your heart, joy to your life. That it's good news. There's no bad news in Jesus, right? The only bad news is is us and our sin, but there's no bad news in Jesus. And he came to bring us joy. And yet, so many of our lives don't have the joy that we need. Joy can be really hard to find. I I know if I could just speak honestly for our family, this has probably been one of the hardest years of our life, right? I know for many around the... Sanctuary and watching online, I know that's true for you too, that it can be hard to find joy. And so I want to tell you today if you're here and you're having a hard time finding joy, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here because we're going to look at God's Word. And God's Word has so much to tell us about joy, even in the hard times of life. Having the joy, where it comes from. So let's dive in and we're going to look at a bunch of verses, they'll be on the screen. Like I said, write it down, take pictures, whatever, but get it inside of you because um, these are going to be verses you probably already know, but I'm going to give you some context and we're going to look at how we can have joy in our life. We're going to begin in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. It says, then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready for this day is holy to our Lord and do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Okay, so we've heard that I don't know how many times the joy of the Lord is your strength. But I want to give you a context of where this verse comes from. From the book of Nehemiah, but 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 these people are not close to God. They are his children. But for generations before, they were so far from God that God had to discipline them. And they end up in captivity for 70 years. And this is the first generation that gets to come back. But they're still far from God because no one was leading them in the things of the Lord. And so they're coming back to Jerusalem to rebuild and they come back. And so Ezra and the prophet, they just begin to read the the word of the Lord to the people. And the Holy Spirit takes over. And all of a sudden, they realize they're far from God. They realize they haven't been following God. They realize that, yes, we're His children, but we're not close to Him anymore. And they begin to weep. The Holy Spirit conviction comes upon them, and they begin to weep. And they begin to just, just they, they, they don't want to celebrate. They just want just, to just weep and, and mourn. And Nehemiah has to say, no, no, no. This is not a day of weeping. This is a day of rejoicing. This is the day of you coming back. This is the day that God is with you. God is for you. God never left you. You might have left him, but he never left you. And I want to tell you, we have a God that always rejoices when the prodigal comes home. And the joy of the Lord is our strength when he is our God. When we come into relationship with him, when we put our hope in him, he is always there waiting for us because he's always been there. The greatest promise in the Bible is this, and there are thousands upon thousands of promises in the Bible. The greatest promise is this, I am with you. Emmanuel, God with us, that is the greatest promise in the Bible. You know what I wish came right after that? I am with you, and you'll never have any trouble in life. Everything will be easy, but it's not there, is it? He just says, I'm with you. In fact, he tells us there will be trouble. There will be trials. But he says, don't worry, I'm with you. When you look at his name, I am the great I am. Every I am name speaks to what he does for us. I am your healer. I am your provider. I am your peace. All the names of God. He says, I am that for you. I am your source. I am your strength. And so I can be joyful even in difficult times because he's with me, right? Right? I'm not alone in the trial. He is with me, providing everything for me so I can have joy. You can have joy. Let's look at the next verse, Psalm 1611. And again, a familiar thing. You've heard this before. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At the right hand are pleasures forevermore. I know you've heard that before. In his presence there is fullness of joy. The context of this verse however if you read it it's actually David in the midst of trouble and you may be here today and you may be in the fight of your life and David says God you will never forsake me I will never be alone I will never be dragged down to Sheol no I you are for me and you've got me, and in your presence there is fullness of joy." In fact, this is a messianic psalm quoted by Peter later on, because it's, it's speaking of, "Look, God will never abandon you. He is always with you, so there is joy in His presence. Let me go to another uh, verse, uh, Psalm 16, or no, I'm sorry, um, uh, Philippians 4:4. "Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say, rejoice." I love that. Rejoice, the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. You know, we've heard that how many times? And God commands us in that verse and throughout the Scripture to be joyful. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but God commands you to be joyful. And I don't know if you knew this because I preached this years ago. Um, I actually preached a sermon on the top commands of the Bible, uh, plans like or commands like, "Don't be afraid." Uh, be thankful, praise the Lord, all these commands we see in Scripture. And as I studied the Greek and the Hebrew, the number one command in Scripture is to rejoice. I don't know if you've ever thought of that before. Like, God says, I want you to rejoice. Let it sink in that he's commanding us to rejoice. And I love it because it's not someday, not that when things get better or circumstances change or the darkness lifts. He says, no, today, I want you to be joyful. And, and here's the other thing about God's Word when you study it from beginning to end, is, is God never glosses over the trials or the difficulties. He never, he never says, oh, everything's going to be great. In fact, when Paul's writing this, rejoice in the Lord always, he's in a Roman prison, and he doesn't know if he's going to live or die. If you remember earlier in, that, in the book of Philippians, he says, look, I might stay with you, and that would be great. I might go to heaven, and that would be great. But you know what? Either way, rejoice. In fact, he uses the word joy more in the book of Philippians than the rest of the New Testament combined. Because he's saying, "Look, we don't base this on circumstances. Right? Because the Lord was with him. Even facing death, he could say rejoice. And we are commanded, no matter what we're going through, to rejoice. Write this down. It'll be on the screen. God wants us to know the kind of hope that has the power to produce joy even in painful places. God wants you to know that. He wants you to know that even when you go through something difficult, that that he is with you. You're not alone. And and I I want you to grab hold of that today, that no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, God is saying, I want you to be joyful. There's a a quote here I'm going to give you. It's from Terry again it'll be on the screen if you want to take a picture suffering and joy seem to be strange bedfellows and they're constantly together in the new testament true christian joy inspired and imparted by the holy spirit does not depend on happy events it flows from the god's triumphant throne where his reign is supreme we can rejoice i love that 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 our joy doesn't come from circumstances. It doesn't come from what's happening in life. God's still on the throne. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, God's still there. And so we can rejoice in the triumph of our God. Another verse, you all know this, but it's Psalm 118, 24. "This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. It's not a certain day, it's every day. Every day, I hope this Christmas season, you just take time to be in his presence. And, and that's what I love about coming to church at Christmas. It just gives us time in his presence. This idea that, this idea that I'm going to rejoice every day in God. That, that in every circumstance, no matter what I face, that, that you could say, really, I'm supposed to do this? Yes, every day, rejoice in the Lord. I've had the privilege of traveling all over the world for the church and the college. I've been in some of the poorest countries in the world. And when we gather together on Sunday to worship, their joy is so far beyond anything I've ever seen in an American church. Because their joy isn't based on their circumstances. It's based on their relationship with God. And they come, and they rejoice, and they dance, and they sing. And I want to tell you, that's what we're called to do. Here's another verse, James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. I wish that wasn't in the Bible, but it is. And you go, James, seriously, like rejoice in the midst of trials? And what he's doing there, he's actually using accounting language in the Greek, that we have two columns. We have a negative column and we have a positive column. And and so we're to put the, the trials into the positive column that you and I are supposed to put our trials into the positive column. That's what we're called to do. Have you ever noticed two people go through the exact same circumstances and they have totally different attitudes? Have you ever noticed that? You can go through the exact same thing, two totally different attitudes, because where are you putting? Are you putting it on the positive side or the negative side? We put it on the positive side because you know we can say, but I'm not happy. Okay, this is so important, write it down. Happiness is based on circumstances. Joy is based on relationship. Happiness is based on circumstances. Joy is based on relationship. And if I have a relationship with God, the God who says, I am with you, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, I am the great I am, I'm going to take care of you from beginning to end and all in between. Like, if, if that's who I have, and he says, look, I'm working everything together for good, I can have joy, right, even when the circumstance isn't happy because I know that God is with me. And you can write this down. If it's not good, God's not done. If it's not good, God's not done because he says it's going to be good. Now, listen, it might be good in heaven, right? But listen, this this life, you're not done, right? We're not done. It's going to be good. But I know that he's going to make it good now, too. Because he's a good God who loves you, and he's going to provide everything you need, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. Because he says, I'm with you, and I have all that you need, right? Isn't that great? That produces joy. So today, in the message, I wanted to have a testimony of, of this idea that if if it's not good, God's not done. And I couldn't think of a better one than, than Rex, uh, who battled covid and was at death's door and came back and and patty we have to have you share sometime too because you were right there right there as well but but i'm going to invite rex and barb to come down would you welcome them as they come but they're going to tell you a story of god's goodness and it's good to hear testimonies of god's power thank
1: you daryl you are my joy Being the gentleman that I am, I'm going to have my wife speak first.
2: That's because I did my homework. (laughs) I wanted to share, our lives are a living testimony because people are watching how we react to challenges in life. We also have experiential testimonies that help us grow as individuals and to be an encouragement to our church body and used to minister to others. I contracted COVID December 1st, and Rex took care of me a little bit, <laughs> and he took me for the monoclonal antibodies. When we got home that day, Daniel said, let's go get retested. So she ended up being positive, and Rex didn't even know if he was positive or not, because they have, you have to go through your cell phone to get the information, and, but he had trouble breathing that sa- Sunday, and... He had had a cough prior to that because he had surgery in 2002 to have a um, melanoma removed from his chest. And after they have to deflate your lungs. So after that, he was just more susceptible to bronchitis and upper respiratory infections. So that was probably why he got COVID as bad as he did. But um, he was put on antibiotics and it cleared up for a short time. And then... Again, he didn't feel well, so Stephen took him to the um, immediate care. They sent him right to the hospital, and he was admitted. And I knew that was the best place he could be. I couldn't do anything. I was sick. Danielle was sick. And we really didn't know how bad it was. But I experienced the peace of God through that because it surpasses all understanding when you have a personal relationship with God. Philippians 4 verses 5 through 7, be anxious for nothing and everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your crest be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall guard your heart and mind in Jesus Christ. I was able to call the nurses for daily checkups and then I'd call Rex to see how he was doing even though it was difficult for him to talk and there was a period between December 15th and 18th, I wasn't able to reach him at all. I'd call the nurses and say, oh, he's holding his own. He's doing okay. And so on the 20th of December, I, didn't, I finally heard from a doctor, which is, to me, kind of, I know they're busy. They were busy, but um, he said, does your husband want to go on a ventilator? And I said, ask him. He's coherent enough, but at that point, he was 100% max, maxed out on oxygen for a few days. And it was kind of tough because I had to come home and tell, talk to Danielle and Stephen about it. And then I called Pastor Gerald to let me know, and the church was called to prayer. And I called the nurses' station that night, and I asked to speak to Rex. And I was able to get a hold of him after four days. And we talked, you know, just a short conversation, you know, do you want to go on a ventilator? So we were on the same page. I mean, it's a hard decision to make. If it were you, you know, put them on, don't put them on, you know. So at least the decision was ours together because we're a team. And after Rex came home, we were reading some of the medical notes. And at the critical stage, his prognosis, they said, was guarded. And he really had acute respiratory failure. And the doctors didn't even know what to do. I had to surrender Rex to the Lord, saying, God, your will, not mine. No matter what happened, he was in God's hands. On December twenty first, Daniel was wanted to get up in the middle of the night and she couldn't move. And God told her, Be patient. Trust me, I got this. Just after that, as Daniel corrected me this morning a little bit, but it may be about the twenty second, twenty-third, he's the oxygen they the oxygen levels started going the opposite direction. So he was g- slowly getting better. Um, we had seen also x-rays of Rex, and half of, one lung was completely white, and the other lung was half white. So he basically was breathing on a quarter of a lung. Um, I'm thankful for our church family that came together and prayed. And I appreciate Luke, who was available to, pr- to get us some things from the store while we were sick. And Paul Grippo, who um, was just an encouragement to me because I knew he could help me out. I, you know, find people who are close to you when you're not doing well. Have them pray for you. Just a few people. It doesn't have to be everybody in the church, but make sure you're connected to somebody. Um, I thank Pastor Darrell for his support and encouragement and those who called to check up on us and prayed with me. I learned that when we surrender. God and pray, God will move. So it takes action on our part. We have to move. God will move. In order to carry on one carry one another's burden, we need to become vulnerable and step out of our comfort zones. We cannot carry our own burdens and we can't carry another's burdens if we don't know what it is. God wants us to pray specifically for each individual. When we do so, I think we will get, see great things happen. In any situation, big or small, we need to focus on on Jesus, not our circumstances. Psalm 55, verse 22 says, Cast your burdens upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Oops, one more and James 4, verse 8 says, Draw near to God, and I will draw near to you. Thank you.
1: Daryl, thank you for saying what I wanted to say. Thank you very much for No, I've been through COVID. Now, how many of you here have had COVID? Well, if you look all around sanctuary, there's people raising their hand. What I'm going to say isn't something you don't already know. All of us have been through it. We know what it is. We know how bad it can get. I, on the other hand, have been in the was in the hospital for a month, which was. A interesting time not having to contact my wife for four straight days one of the harder parts of being in the hospital like I was was the fact that there was nobody in the room with me at all the hospital would not allow visitors of any kind that really that really really got me But then I had to realize, Now wait a minute. I'm laying flat on my back. I am staring straight at the ceiling. And I'm staring straight at God. And he's there all the time. He never left me. He never forsake me. And I'm here because of him. A guy by the name of Barry Manilow, one of my favorite singers, has a song out there called I Made It Through the Rain. I changed the lyrics a little bit. I I think it is, we made it through the rain. All of us. We are all going through stuff. In order for us to have sympathy, empathy, and compassion for one another, you have to have gone through something. I also am a cancer survivor. I have battled stage two melanoma. I went through five surgeries. I went through a treatment that dropped my blood pressure to 46 over 17. And I have been informed that that's not good. So I've been through it. It is, and one of the reasons I am glad I have gone through it is because it has allowed me to have the heart for people who have gone through stuff. And we all have. We are all connected. As far as I'm concerned, this is not a congregation. This is just a weekly meeting of a family reunion. We all have the same dad. There's none of us who have been, I don't think anybody at at any of our ages hasn't been through something. Some more than others. And as, an, as the old saying goes, may trouble find me so my children will know peace. And I'm glad that I have gone through this. It has been uh, a blessing to go through it uh, because I kept putting it on the positive side. I love all of you. When I'm in the room, I felt every one of your prayers. And I understand that there was at least one family I know of who prayed for five straight hours for me. You know who you are. And now I find out that there were people who were doing drive-bys by the hospital I did not know this, obviously, until last night. Somebody I know actually went to the hospital, parked in the parking lot, didn't know what floor where I was, but prayed for me, just like all the rest of you did. And I'm here because of not only your prayer, but because we have a faithful God. My cancer story is five surgeries, two treatments. Uh, the the uh, one surgery I had, they had to break my rib, they deflated my lung, went in, got a mass the size of a golf ball out of me, and then reinflated the lung and refixed the rib. I think that that's where I develop my little sensitivity any area of my lungs because they deflated the one. And we're all, conne- everything is connected. Any doctor will tell you that everything we have is connected, including us to each other and us to God. Don't ever lose sight of that. I am going to now address the people online. If you are online and you're going through anything and you know who you are and you want to come somewhere and talk to someone get a hug from someone i'm one of the ushers i'll meet you in the lobby thank you for watching online and thank you dear for allowing me to
0: share Those were scary days. To call Rex's room and um, and not get a hold of him, and and then uh, to to wait for Barbara to get home from work, and and she hadn't got a hold of him either, and and uh, not knowing, and 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 all the other things that go along with that. Imagine being out of work for a month, and your job, and life, and all the. Bills and everything, and yet God's taking care of them, right? We can have joy in the midst of every circumstance. That, yeah, it was funny because uh, one of the nights we couldn't get hold of uh, Rex, I, I told Leslie, "I'm just going to go to the hospital." She's like, "They're not going to let you in." This is back when COVID. it couldn't. I didn't go to the hospital or nursing homes or anything for a couple years there. And, They just wouldn't let me in, and I'm like, that's okay, I'm just going to go, and I found a parking lot on Kirchhoff Road where I could see all the hospital, all the wings, because I didn't know where Rex was, and I said, I'm just going to sit here and pray until God tells me to go home, and I I just, I believe in the power of prayer, and so here, I just, I want to tell you this, that um, if you want joy in your life, pray for someone else, pray for someone else. Because I'll tell you, when when, um, Rex came through the door of the church, I had joy. Because I didn't know if I'd ever see him again. Right? I mean, you want joy? Pray for someone else. You want joy? Give someone else a gift. If you want joy, it's not about, I want joy in my hard time. Be someone else's joy in their hard time. And you will receive that joy. And I want to tell you this, too, because um, there were other cases in in life where where the story didn't end so positively. I have a friend um, in another state who's not doing well physically, and I don't know if I'll ever get to see see him again. It's just, it's one of those situations. And we were talking, praying, and um, as we're getting ready to say goodbye on the phone, he says, I don't want to say goodbye. I'm going to say, I'll see you later because I'll see you later no matter what. And I thought, isn't that the case, right? Isn't heaven going to be such joy when we see those that have gone before us? That family reunion in heaven when we're together again? See, that joy doesn't stop. And if you don't have joy, it's coming. And if you need joy, give joy to someone else. It's, it's just all part of the package. You can have joy today no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're, Going through. I need to give you this verse. It's probably the most important verse we'll look at today. It's Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I want you to think about that for a moment. This is the worst day in Jesus' life. I can't imagine the pain that he had to go through, all that he felt, all that he faced. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Why did he endure that difficult day? He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it because he wanted relationship. That that was his joy. Like, I'll go through whatever I have to go through so that I can have a relationship with you. That's the heart of our God. That's the heart of the Father and the Son, Jesus, coming into us. And so today, I want you to know Jesus who came to this earth, not just to be a little baby, but to die on a cross for our sins. He did that for you. He did that for me so that we could be in right relationship with him. And I love this verse. David says it in Psalm 51, 12, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. If you don't have joy today, that's a great prayer. God, would you give me the joy of your salvation? Will you give me the joy that you give me through, through that relationship? We're called to have that relationship with God. And, and what better time than this season to reestablish with the God who loves it when the prodigal comes home. And he says, no more tears, only joy, because we're in relationship. That's what God wants. If you, if you need that joy, just pray and ask God for that joy, that joy that comes from salvation. And I want to say this before we sing joy to the world, because joy to the world, I don't know if you knew this, it's actually not a Christmas carol. It wasn't written to be a Christmas carol. It's actually a song about the second coming of Jesus. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns, right? He, this is his second coming, Right? Let earth receive her king, right? I mean, yes, it has some Christmas parts of it, but it's actually about the second coming of the Lord. And I want to say this because I believe we are in the end times. We are close to the Lord's return. I believe there's going to be trials and tribulations. And when I talk to people about the second coming, I hear so much fear in people's voice. And listen, we're preparing our hearts for the coming of Christ. And I got to tell you, you should have joy, knowing that he's coming back again. Will there be hard times? Yes, there's going to be hard times. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. But he's coming back. That should give us joy. And it's not just joy for us to keep to ourselves. It's joy for us to share to this world that the king is coming again. And every knee and every tongue will, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. And I want to share the joy now. In a world that is absent of joy, we can sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. He is coming. And that should bring joy to our hearts this morning. Would you stand with me as we pray? And we're going to sing together in just a moment. But as you stand, just in this quiet moment, I don't want you to think of the person to your right or to your left. I just want you to think about the joy that comes from salvation. I want you to surrender your heart fresh and new to God today. I want you to ask him to give you the joy of his salvation. He is with you today. He is for you today. He is the great I am. He will never leave you or forsake you. And so God, today we pray for your joy to be deposited into each of our hearts and lives. God, that we would walk in relationship with you. We would not be guided by the circumstances of life if we're happy or not happy, but Lord, we would be guided by that relationship that only comes from you, that closeness, God, that power, that joy. Lord, give us joy today. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing it together. Joy to the world.